Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast with me, your host, Chris Target. This podcast is for mortgage brokers and estate agents who are looking to grow their online presence through social media. I'll share tips, best practices, and useful tools that will help you save time and ultimately expand your business. Welcome to the Social for Brokers podcast. Today, I have Jake Pritchard as our guest. So Jake has recently graduated from the University of Cheltenham with his creative advertising degree, and he's joining the Social for Brokers team, which I'm excited about. So I thought I'd get him on today, introduce him to everybody and get his insights uh, into what's going to be happening this year, what he's done in the past. It's a really interesting one. So Jake, I'll be honest with you, he's a creative whirlwind. He'll come up with all of these different ideas. So for, for the people out there using for social for brokers at the minute, um, you'll be getting in touch with them a lot more. Um, but people that listen to this podcast that want new ideas, it's going to be so valuable, the stuff that we talk about today. So Jake, at the age of 21, he's already worked with the likes of the British Heart Foundation on their creative offering and has received mentorship from global creative strategists, that's a mouthful, who have worked with the likes of KitKat and IBM. So <clears throat> he's had some mentorship some, from some big players. He's worked with creative agencies such as Cello Signal, Havas Helia and McCann, um, and he does come with on-the-job experience. His latest project has been working with a virtual reality company for new build properties. So I'm honoured to be working with such an experienced guy. He's got in genuine excitement for the growth of people's online presence. And I'm looking forward to him to join in the Social Brokers team. So thanks very much for coming on, Jake. How are you doing? <laughs> wow, thank you. That was, uh, you've, um, you've made me blush. Beautiful words. <laughs> set, set you up, set you up, mate. <laughs> That's amazing. So I wanted wow, to get you on, you. introduce you to everybody and really get an insight into what your life's been like um, at university, who you've worked with, and get, get some really good insights. So first thing, I suppose, is, is talk to us about what creative advertising is. Can you give us a summary? Oh, well, the way that I think is probably the best way to summarise it is uh, storytelling, really. It's okay. looking at problems, solutions, and then having that creative aspect to bring things to life, do things that are new, maybe, you know, evoke a bit of emotion with nostalgia or by bringing some cool fun things in um and yeah you know i think it's 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 quite a difficult one because with creative advertising there's so many different things that we can do nowadays um you know it's not just simply putting a an advert on the tv or putting a nice poster on the on the walls it's you know there's so many different things that you can do um uh, you know there's lots of different avenues that you can go down yeah definitely it's just about often you know brand awareness and storytelling really i think that might be the the, the most the simplest <laughs> answer <Yeah>. really that's <laughs> i always say and i think it probably comes from gary v because I, I follow a lot of his stuff he's he should be yeah. educating or entertaining and like you say evoking yeah, that emotion is the entertaining mm. side of it um educating you can do more long-form content like your blogs and your podcasts but that entertainment on social media or on print advertising, you've got to hit hard. And the way that you do that is with emotion, isn't it? Oh, exactly. Definitely. I think that's one of the biggest things you need to bring in, you know, whether you're making somebody smile, whether you're making somebody gasp, whether you're even making somebody cry sometimes, if you provide that emotion, it connects with people. And mm -hmm. that's what we're doing at the end of the day. We're, we're offering a service for people 
And yeah. if you can connect with them, and the best way to do that is emotion, definitely 100%. I was talking to somebody the other day who um, had worked on, I think it was Aviva, worked on their life insurance adverts. And yeah. I can't remember if you remember it, but it was it was like a series of adverts where there's a dad stood on the driveway and he sees his girls with the mom driving off and he's got a cup of tea in his hand. And then he sees yeah. them playing on the beach. And then yeah. at the end of it, it shows that the dad's actually passed away. And it was almost like, not the ghost of him, but it's yeah. kind of, and, and that is talking about, because there's not many adverts that would make you cry, but something like that would evoke such a strong emotion. And I remember oh, that definitely. maybe five, six, maybe seven years down the line, this is now. <laughs> it's yeah that is the thing it's if you can connect in that certain way you know um uh, we often say you know you you hit an you hit enjoyment with puppies and babies and stuff like that mm -hmm. but that kind of what you're saying there with that tale of this that beautiful emotional connection with somebody passing and something that perhaps you know it's it's that story that you want to to think is real you know when you're leaving okay. your driveway you know it, it really pulls you in in such a beautiful manner um you know it, like my favorite advert um it was from this american greetings it's it, they wanted to sell mother's day cards and the the strategy behind it was brilliant so what they did was they um hosted um job interviews um doing it all online and um so people would and they it was, it was some kind of silly title for the job but you know seemed legit and they had a lot of applications and they would interview people over online and they'd start off by saying, you know, um, the what qualities you need, you need to have, you know, you need to be personable, you need to be emotive, you need to dedicate your whole life to this job, you need to have get offer seven days a week, pretty much 24 hours. Um, there is a bit of a catch, there's not really any pay, and there's no holiday. And you see the the people who are being interviewed, their face kind of drop and some of them get a bit upset and like, no, no, you can't do that. And then towards the end, they go, well, well, actually, you might find that there is somebody who does fulfill that job and it's a mother. <laughs> yeah. And the way that they just connect with you by just kind of making you go, oh, wow, that's yeah. so true. And, and finish off with this beautiful smile it was you know it, it, and still and this was a good couple of years ago and it's a brilliant still brilliant sticks with advert. you that's quite interesting yeah. to see somebody in that industry for you to say that impressed you it must have been because you've obviously seen a lot of a lot of adverts <laughs> a lot of different strategies what is it that got you into creating advertising so oh, thinking about it i think it was it may all kind of start from when i was very young and I love telling stories with my gran. You say if I was ever doing a sleepover, we would sit in the bedroom, I'd be off, going off to sleep and we would make up a story. Say I'd tell a sentence, you'd tell a sentence or I'd tell the whole story. And I love this whole storytelling aspect of things. Through school, I loved English, the creative writing side. I love graphics. Okay. I, loved, I loved PE as well. But mm. this kind of graphics kind of thing, this storytelling was, was where I wanted to go. And then the reason that advertising opened this door was it was kind of a bit of a, a bit of a fail, which I think is always great, was that I wanted. So I was visiting my brother in Dubai, was looking at the skyscrapers, was walking around head, just constantly looking up. And I said, right, that's what I want to, I want to do. I want to be able to create something that stands bigger than me, 
lasts longer than me and something that is bigger and I can turn around and say look, look I did that mm. and so I went to college and I started doing some architectural work um you know okay. started doing all the stuff that I thought you needed to do and um I was sat next to this lad and um well so we had this project one of the first ones and I uh I started trying to build like a house or something hmm. and um it was looking um let's say quite contemporary for our house and right. uh they this lad next to me he built a uh like a, a science lab that was in the shape of a human the veins were elevators the organs were rooms and um i looked at his and i looked at mine and i thought right okay so um this isn't for me. <laughs> um, so I kind of, I pushed that to the side and I was like, right, okay, well, instead of just focusing on something that I think I want to do, what do I actually like to do? And what do I hold a passion for in my own heart? And, you know, it was this, this storytelling and, and graphics, that kind of design stuff. So I started to focus more on the graphic side of things, looked into like photography and doing that stuff at college. Um, and then I had a couple, a good, well, many good few meetings with my college tutor. And we said, well, what about advertising? Um, because one of the things that was a little bit different about me within the creative side of things was I was in an art college. And this is a little bit stereotypical, but creatives, graphic designers, that kind of thing, you know, can sometimes be kind of deceived as like, you know, hoodies, beanies, a bit out there, you know, piercings, that kind tattoos. of, yeah. And for me, I was a bit more kind of shirt, brogues, jeans, kind of. And as I started to go into the world, it seemed like, oh, well, I'd be more suited as like a suit. And kind of the pairing of like the advertising world seemed to be that place for me. I love meeting people. Um, I love the research side of things. And then I love to bring the concepts to life after really finding that insight. Mm -hmm. And I found that the advertising the strategy side of things was maybe well is definitely where i think is is my passion in what i and what, what I'm so doing. then you went from college to you how many years did you do at university so uni was three years mm -hmm. so um yeah so that was three and how years. was so how was uni life years. because you you were a very different oh. uni student weren't you you weren't you weren't moldy rooms and uh a lot of rundown <laughs> houses were you this guy lives in Cheltenham no. in a beautiful flat drinks nice red wine and smashes the Stilton every night, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, it, you know, it was, I think for me, it was first year, you know, I got, I got that out of my system really, um, yeah. you know, got, got, did the house parties, was in halls, was, you know, was wake up, have a drink, go to bed, wake up again, have a drink, you know, and, yeah. you know, the, the biggest, the biggest pride is waking up and actually attending the lecture because, you know, <laughs> that's a massive feat. Um, but it's all about learning and, and doing these things. And, um, and then kind of as the process went on, you know, it, it was kind of, well, actually, I am really, really enjoying this. Um, it's not just something that I'm doing just to kind of get me a degree or you know just to do something I you didn't really, just want a really job at the end it. of it you want to do this for the rest of your life you want to be in and around this kind of industry because you're passionate well, exactly. about it exactly and you know and to to receive you know to do well you know you need to kind of put that effort in and 
Um, I was very fortunate being surrounded by some quite like-minded people, you know, having creative partners who had the same ambition, the same drive, the same motivation as me. Um, and from that, you know, we, we really bounced off each other and we created some great work, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, you, I was somebody who, who kind of got stuck in from the beginning, but then that allowed me to continuously flow at quite a nice level, opposed to as I was in first year where you kind of, you go a little bit off the rails for the first parts of uh, the course and then you go, oh, blimey, I now need to uh, get, back get stuck down you, and do do two o'clock nights and stuff. Because you know? we've been speaking, obviously, for years and <clears throat> with you, with me looking from the outside in, you've been at uni. It wasn't just a case of I'm at uni and that's all I'm doing. You went out and did projects for other companies, didn't you, whilst you were at uni that I assume you didn't have to, but it was part of your learning process. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there was, yeah, there's so much to it. Um, we, so me and my, uh, at the time, creative partner, um, we were approaching gyms, um, just saying to them, you know, do you want us to give you a hand with your, um, with your marketing, with your social media presence, you know, one to kind of obviously help us out, you know, to actually get some real life experience, but also because we, we realized we, we have a, a love affair for like the fitness world and stuff like that. And it was like, well, we know how important it is. If we can give you a hand in certain areas, we're doing it all for free. Um, if right. we can boost you up in certain ways, then that would be great. Um, and so what you know, was your, we, we worked on all that kind of stuff. What was your most enjoyable project? Because I know that you created something quite special, didn't you, in the fitness world? Yeah. So my most enjoyable project would be um, this concept that me and my uh, friend made, uh, which was a chatbot. So in essence, it was a... Um, a chatbot that motivated you and so just a quick one sorry mate chatbots break that down for us what is what is a chatbot Uh, perfect yeah so a chatbot is it's we used it through facebook um and it's a kind of an augmented um and automatic system of sending you messages similar to as facebook messenger does if you Mm -hmm. if you're having a conversation with somebody but it's a bot that replies to you send you the messages you can set timers you can set reminders and it hits you up with those things um so the reason that we we produced it was that um we it was coming up to one of our last projects that we could work on together and we were looking at a lot of the fitness brands so he's on his own adventure now making up making this fitness brand into something a lot bigger in the world but um so we're doing a lot of research in the fitness world um Mm -hmm. as a team and one of the things that we were really starting to notice was what new technologies were coming out, what was happening. And we thought, well, is there a gap in the market within a chatbot? You know, as you're saying, you know, it, it perhaps is something that not too many people are familiar with. But we so we wanted to kind of learn about it. You know, we understanding how to create flows. So, for example, that is when you would you would put, say, three buttons options on a thing and then. If somebody clicks that one, where does that take them? And then if somebody clicks that one, where does that take them? And then you basically make this really, really ridiculously large like web of options that people click to and where that leads them to in the next message that comes through. And so we kind of, we made this chatbot. We learned how to do it. Um, we thought, okay, this is actually quite interesting. And then we basically looked at well we went into lockdown and Mm -hmm. we thought okay well 
actually let more me just than stop ever, this is just really before you go into go into the lockdown side of things because i've used it and i just want to explain to people how it works and then Perfect. you can go on the story about lockdown because it will be so useful so what you pretty much do is you answer three questions and it's kind of what's your fitness level at the minute something like that how many times a week do you want to work out and what do you want to focus on and you answer very basic questions and then what happens is it messages you automatically through Facebook Messenger and says, right, this is today's workout. And it gives you like a video or like an explanation of how to do the exercise. So it's almost like your own PT prompting you in the morning, like when you wake up and go, oh, I can't be asked to do a workout. But you get this text through Facebook Messenger and you think, right, actually, show me what to do. It's telling me it's going to take 10 minutes. I'll just go and give it a crack. That was from me using it. That's my experience of it. Now, Jake, talking about when lockdown hit, you can now picture how effective that app would be. Yeah, well, that's the thing. And and it was because of lockdown. That's the reason that we, we released it. Um, you know, it was just a, a hypothetical idea. We, we mm-hmm. created it to see if we could just to yeah. practice. And then with lockdown, we were like, right, OK. So at that time, we were told you've got three weeks in lockdown. And we were... And we also knew that from research, it's three weeks forms a habit. So we were like, right, okay, we've got nothing to lose. Let's just put it out there and see what happens. And we're looking into research. And so um, because of the lack of going to work and doing all your other little bits, you are not really hitting about 1,500 calories burn per day because you're not you know, walking to doing those few steps to your car. And then when you get to the office, you're not doing those few steps from your car to your office and then walk mm-hmm. into, you know, Tesco's to get your meal deal and back. Those little things all add up. And so we were like, right, okay, let's get this out there. Fitness is more necessary now than ever. Yeah. People's mental health were coming a little bit fractured because of lockdown. And we know that fitness is one of the best things to help keep that in a good place. And so we thought, yeah, let's get it out there. And we released it and it was great. It grew and grew and, you know, kind of 24 hours later, we already had like over 400, 500 people subscribed onto the chatbot. And the reason as well, we did a chatbot instead of an app was that there's over 2 billion people using Facebook Messenger. It's not an intrusive place. People already are familiar with Facebook as a yeah. messaging service. And the way it becomes, it's like, it's just a friend to you. It's not, you know, uh, a, like a scary fitness thing that's telling you, come on, let's go and smash a load of weights. Because sometimes that's not really what people want. They sometimes just need a friendly just want reminder. A, gen- a gentle reminder. That's that's where I find it really found it really useful because it was just a gentle reminder. It's on Facebook Messenger, so I trust it straight away. I know that it's not trying to scan my data. I haven't downloaded a dodgy app and I'm familiar with the interface of, of Facebook messenger. So that's why it was so successful. And you won some awards off the back of this as well, didn't you? Yeah. So that was amazing. It was, um, so the biggest one I'd say we was, um, a creative conscious award. Um, Mm. so creative conscious, they're a foundation, um, that basically promote, believe in, and really, you know, shout about projects and creative work that has a just cause of 
having things that are positive in the world, um, having like an impact. And uh, we kind of just just sent it in just because, you know, we we obviously wanted to look at this idea of, you know, how much of a benefit it would have on people's mental health and, and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, we, we, we sent it in and a couple of months later received an email, which was, you know, uh, we had millions of applications and we've picked yours and it was, you know, you kind of read that three times and you're like, you know, I, I even phoned <laughs> up my mom and read out the email. I was like, what does this, is this saying what I mean? You know, and yeah, no, I, was, I think it's testament to you that at 21 years old, you thought, let's just try this kind of chat bot. Let's see what it's like. And then four or five months down the line out of millions of applicants, you win an award for it. It just shows that you really, you know, you're very conscious of what's going out there on the world at the moment and developing an app and pushing, sorry, developing a chat button, pushing it. You kind of get a feel for what the people want, essentially. That's what, that's what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, it's just the fact as well, that it is a bit, it's new and there's a lot of gaps in the market for it as well. Um, you know, throughout my research, there was quite a handful of, of different uh, kind of case studies of how certain, uh, you know, certain companies could use it, you know, how, a, mm. how a, a restaurant could use it for doing a menu, how an estate mm. agent could use it if, you know, because you can set up a chatbot by if somebody is looking at um, an advert or a, a feature for so long on a web page on your Facebook page and say somebody's looking at your two bed apartment then that could pop up with a, a, a message on their Facebook saying oh we've seen that you've been looking at this would you like to look at the two bed or the three bed and then from oh, there you go the two okay. bed and then and then you can start getting the images so instead of it being too from a from a user's point of view where it's perhaps you having to do the work of clicking into web pages and scrolling through photos this comes to you and you know and I hate to say it but uh I feel people become a little bit more lazy with kind of technology nowadays and they want the information coming to them so with a chatbot with it going straight to you it, it's great um a perfect example is is uber like we were absolutely fine phoning up a taxi asking them to come <laughs> to our house and picking us up we were absolutely fine with that. But then Uber turned around and said, look, we could make you more lazy. You don't even have to speak to anyone now, mate. Just press this button and we'll send one to your house. That just shows you how lazy we are becoming as human beings. Not in a bad way. Uh, it's just no. us back yeah. those 30 seconds, 45 seconds that we have to spend on the phone. I can just quickly tap and it's going to be here. Bring it, bring it yeah. that time. But so, social media, obviously we spoke about Facebook there. On a personal level, what social media channels do you use yourself on a day-to-day -day basis? Um, me, it's it's um, it's Instagram, mm -hmm. Facebook, and I've become I've drawn into TikTok. Okay, TikTok has blown up, and it's it's something that is perhaps still a niche, and perhaps a lot of people will, you know, maybe turn their nose up to in in all honesty mm -hmm. but I went into it by thinking well you know if I need if I want to talk about social media strategies and marketing and ideas you need to know what's out there you need to know the platforms mm -hmm. so I downloaded it 
and then I got addicted to it. And I'm I mean, exactly you know, I'll just scroll. It's, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's it's perfect. It's it's simple. All you do is scroll. Sixty seconds is the longest you can create something for. The sixty seconds mark is just the sweet spot, mm. and it's and it's just brilliant, you know. And and there's there's a lot of a lot of meetings where I've had with people, and I've said, okay, TikTok, what's your thoughts? And they're like, I don't know enough about it. I'm not doing it. But I think the answer should be, I don't know enough about it to not do it. So let's do mm-hmm. it. Because there's, with, and this is social media, in, well, with, with TikTok, really, you want to kind of, it's about going viral, essentially, having mm-hmm. the content that's liked. And there's not really any formula to that, unfortunately. There's no golden book which says, so glad do this you said and that it, will go, it will go viral. There's so many gurus out there that say, post post this many times with this kind of hashtag and you'll go viral. I'm very open. The way I say to people is post three times a week on social media, but do it's, it's not going to magically overnight get you a huge following. You need to be consistent for six to 12 months. And I'm glad you've said that with TikTok because there's nobody that can guarantee you will go viral. There's nobody that can. And as the, you know, as the, as humans, we are, constantly changing our mind of what we like just because i posted a video today that solved something that might be the best thing going but tomorrow everyone might think that's the worst thing you know and it's and this is the thing with it you know it's if you're if you have ever thought i'm going to make a tiktok do it if you think you're going to look stupid if you think you're going to it's wrong if you think anything it doesn't matter because at the end of the day if it's something that somebody connects with then they've connected with it and it's going to blow up just because it's you know tiktok when you talk about tiktok it obviously needs to be that person doesn't it it needs to be if they're talking from a mortgage broker's point of view and an estate agent's point of view needs to be them in the office that's it's, it's very hard for an external company to come in and run it for them do yeah. you agree with that yeah you know i think i know that there are certain um there are kind of production companies who are kind of becoming a bit of a niche with it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people who, let's say, kind of want to dominate a, a certain kind of trend. And, you know, like, for instance, British phrases, let's say. And I know that there's like a TikTok channel about British phrases. And I think they pay kind of famous TikTok to to do a thing to then that they can then use on their channel mm-hmm. but the beauty of it is that there's no there's no kind of budget to a tiktok you know just because you know there's no production team who've got big flashy cameras who have editing skills to a t and you know it's literally we're all on the same boat we're all playing on the same pitch use your phone sit where you want to you know if you feel more comfortable walking through the woods and talking to a camera telling a joke doing that do that if you feel more comfortable sitting in your office and doing it doing that just because of the environment you're in doesn't mean the value of it's going to be better or worse there is a place i always believe there is a place for um polished videos and there's i've seen a few mortgage brokers and estate agents that have worked with companies that create these fantastic polished videos about their services but then there's also a place for grab your phone 
I always find videos easier if I'm walking. And I don't know mm. why, because if I'm talking and I'm sat down, I feel like I have to be doing something. Whereas if I'm walking yeah. with my phone, I find it a lot easier to record a video. I might even be walking through the house. Um, it just puts my brain in a different mindset. But you think TikTok's going to be the, the big takeoff channel. That's going to be the one. We we were talking about Clubhouse before, weren't we? Can we quickly, quickly yeah. touch on that? Because I'm, I'm quite excited about this Clubhouse. Yeah, no, definitely. I think uh, it's the thing that excites me if I kind of go on to a bit a little about that TikTok as well, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's that they're still quite, they're quite new clubhouse, TikTok, they're new. So there's gaps in the market that need yeah. to be filled that there's a lot of room to be filled. And, you know, with a quick meeting, you know, you can understand where, where you can put yourself and where you can kind of dominate. And that's really exciting. Your likes of your Facebook, your Instagrams, your Twitter, they are necessary because that's where a lot of the people are. But there's so much content that's flooding that area that, you know, for you to stand out in comparison to your neighbour is a little bit more difficult than on these other platforms, mm -hmm. purely because of, you know, I'm sure if, if, if we sat down and we said to, you know, somebody, would you like to make an Instagram page? 100% of them would say yes. If we'd say, would you like to make a TikTok page? probably 60, 70% of them would be yes. And that's, and, I think you've got to be consistent with the, the channels that are tried and tested because that's where the majority of your audience will search for. Like if, if I search for a company and they haven't got a Facebook page, it puts me a bit uneasy. I agree completely. If they haven't got an Instagram page, okay, I'm thinking, well, that's fair enough. But then I'd never go and search for them on TikTok. No, we're no. talking about getting ahead of the game to creating an Instagram and a TikTok page. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And similarly, like you're saying with this, uh, this club house clubhouse. Yeah. Yeah. It's, clubhouse. clubhouse is just to summarize it. It's um, a voice. It's a voice app and you can dip in and out of conversations that people are having. I'm still trying to get into it because at the moment it's on an invite only basis. Um, but I, I think that's going to be big for this year. TikTok is obviously huge, but it's going to get bigger. And I'm predicting that Clubhouse in 2021 will be the, one of the biggest apps by the end of the year. That's, that's my prediction. So we touched on the social media there, Jake. Have you got any other thoughts or, in your opinion, what's going to happen in 2021 with advertising and marketing in general? <laughs> so I was thinking about this the other, the other night, actually. Okay. And um, because you can you look at the world and you look at where we've been and come from and things that have advanced and where things have popped out of nowhere and so to be honest i don't think there's any reason for any answer to ever be wrong when you kind of talk about a prediction but what i've been noticing you know if you're like me you may uh, scroll through um you know uh looking at dogs and animals and horses and all those things i don't know if you'll notice but animal prices have gone absolutely through the roof if you're looking at buying a puppy at the minute you're paying like triple the price that you would normally be paying and so i'm like well that's obviously because people are buying in an abundance of dogs yeah so i'm gonna i'm thinking we'll get brands talking to um talking to dog breeders and getting the dogs to react and have a positive emotional connection start barking start jumping around when they're shown these images of the brands when the when these voices are heard from the adverts when these things come on the <laughs> okay. tv so when you have your dog at home 
it starts to get excited at the TV <laughs> with those adverts. So and, you're saying uh, that dogs then, are going to be the future of advertising then? Dogs are going to be... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, nah, I don't know. I think, I think um, you know, I, I really do believe that, that TikTok is going to be, is going to be hitting a platform. Um, they ran a campaign of, you know, don't make TikToks make... Uh, adv- no, don't make adverts, make TikTok, sorry. Um, yeah. They've got creative studios popping up around the world. They've got creative teams, creative directors. Um, they've been, you know, really, really cool people who are getting involved to take it away from being a kind of a, a bit of a gimmicky app, but more of a creator's platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really see that growing into something that's perhaps, I'd say, maybe taken a bit more seriously than it is at the minute. Yeah, um, I think so that's at the beginning really of lockdown, think. it was all funny dances, wasn't it? But I, yeah. I'm definitely seeing, I, I mean, I'm... I'm watching on there people talking about ufos people talking about there's a there's a person on there about house buying tips there's a person on there about um legal if you're ever arrested by the police what you should say what you shouldn't say yeah (laughs) that's that's so far removed from what tiktok originally was made for so it shows how it can change over time and it will change again it will just get bigger and bigger and better and better and i think um i think a little bit different as well in regards to I think kind of outdoor advertising I think they may um, use that to kind of um, persuade what the population should be doing Mm -hmm. Uh, so kind of for instance if people are have been locked inside for so long and it's like come on let's all get outside you know kind of using outdoor advertising to get people out as like a bit of a easter egg hunt to go and find (laughs) you find a billboard you scan it you get a voucher for this shop you know things like to encourage people out of their house but similarly to encourage people to stay in the house there was a really amazing campaign um which was within a partnership of netflix where it was kind of this big thing of you know please stay at home and these this these two creatives they um basically took billboards and and uh, like across the track so like in your tube stations and stuff and they basically spoilt Netflix endings so say if you know Netflix, say if you're watching um you've been watching I don't know say a popular thing that people are watching on Netflix say um like the Queen's Gambit uh, Queen's Queen's Gambit yeah what they were doing were on the billboards spoiling it so oh, it was okay. like Right, you've come out, you've seen this, that's your fault. Stay home so you don't find these like spoilers. Ah, this was during lockdown then. During lockdown. So uh, it was such a, a clever, clever way. And I, I kind of feel that we're going to see a bit of um, those kind of outdoorsy kind of stuff to help persuade you know, the behaviour. Yeah, I've just been thinking about this. And I don't know if, any, if it's been done anywhere, but... See, billboards are up in the air. There's not many times that people actually look up anymore because if you're walking, you're looking at the floor or you're on your phone, okay? Even if you're waiting for a bus or you're at the traffic lights. Could it be that people start renting pavement space? So if you think if you're stood at lights, you're looking on your phone, aren't you? If you're looking down, who's to say we can't on on a bit of the road or even on the, the bit where you're stood, People mm-hmm. can't advertise there, even just the brand name. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That could be. Could yeah. people start advertising on the floor? And the only reason I say this is because when I, where I've walked up Harborn High Street in Birmingham and they've got, um, they've spray painted onto the floor, COVID-19, stay two metres apart. 
and I always mm. notice them because I'm looking down yeah. or I'm on my phone. Yeah. That'd be quite clever, actually, I think. If people imagine outside the front of a shop, you own that strip of land outside the front of the shop. Could you mm-hmm. rent that out to somebody? I think, yeah, I, I don't see why not. I there was yeah. um there was a really quite a clever because I think the one of the the issues that you may stumble upon is you know people, unfortunately, the advertising world is kind of an ignored world in terms you know everyone does as much as they can to to push it past, um and I think if you were chucking on like branding and things like that you know people would be like oh gosh look even more like adverts flashing in my face, but there was a really clever thing say that like Nike did, where naturally so this kind of tapped into people's behavior so naturally if you start seeing footprints on a floor we follow them so what they did they had footprints in so there was it was coming up and there was a set of stairs and next to it was an elevator and they had these footprints coming from i believe it was maybe coming from the tube station these steps coming from the tube and then the step these footprints then went on over onto the steps and walked up the steps and then got to the top of the steps and it was and it had like the Nike brand in and it said like, you know, completed the steps. You kind of, you know, ah, OK, yeah. And that was a really, really clever way of using our ways of obviously looking down kind of the yes. behavioral economics of you following the footsteps and persuading them to persuading you to take the, the, the steps instead of the escalators. You know, this they beautifully won on choice architecture. Um, which is see that I thinking about it from a mortgage point of view, mortgage broker's point of view, or an estate agent's point of view. Why couldn't you, at a crossing, have some footsteps leading to the crossing, and then a little advert in the road that says "Take your first steps to owning your first home," and then the yeah. mortgage broker's logo. Oh, yeah, mate, I'm setting up a business in floor advertising. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. You'd be like, uh, oh, what's the song? In Michael Jackson, when he steps on the different coloured panels. Oh yeah, yeah, I know exactly. That's, yeah, <laughs> do something like that. But it's just Love thinking it. of new ways. It's just, just something that oh, would be quite interesting. I wanted to quickly touch on before we, um, before we kind of wrap up. Is obviously you're renting a property at the moment, aren't you? Mm-hmm. So you, you've never like been through the mortgage process from beginning to end. So yeah. This is really quite interesting and very useful for people to speak to somebody that hasn't been through that process. What do you want mortgage brokers to be speaking about on social media that would entice you in? I think I think the best thing for myself is that when you when you think about mortgages and stuff, it, it does seem like it can be quite daunting. It can be quite it can be quite scary. It, okay. it seems like there's a lot of jargon to it and there's a lot of quite seriousness to it. You know, you're talking about money, it's figures, it's it's big language. It can be a bit kind of intimidating, I would perhaps mm-hmm. put it as. And I think finding a way to bring it back to earth a little bit more, to make it really feel easy and feel comfortable. Um, okay, yeah. You know, I feel if I, you know, if I was thinking of, oh, okay, the steps of getting into my mortgage, well, I'm going to have to get all these checks. I'm going to have to get all these clearances. I'm going to have to sit in a room. The person who's probably going to be interviewing me is probably going to have a gun on their table, ready to shoot <laughs> me if I say something wrong. You know, and, and that's, I feel, you know, there is that kind of... So is that fear view, about I it? Say, I think that, yeah, there is, 100%. And it's, I think it's about, we want to bring it to earth. We want to make it seem not as intimidating as it is in my opinion 
you know, really say, actually, guys, you know, it's nice and simple. And and I think a beautiful way to do that would be to kind of instead of explaining the steps of getting a mortgage in the literal way, explaining the steps in a bit of a metaphor that people understand or people are more familiar with. You know, okay. we had that conversation. And maybe if we used a metaphor of when you catch when you fly on an airplane, you know, mm. and kind of broke it down into into little metaphors of things, which makes things a little bit more it makes it more human in my opinion more you know, relatable it's not isn't talking it? about you've... figures yeah exactly and i think my biggest thing is a lot of the stuff that i hear you know if it, it, it does go over my head sometimes and it can be a bit of jargon mm-hmm. but in essence it shouldn't go over my head because i am the you know the consumer at, at the end of the day at some point yeah it and... should be made as simple as possible for you to understand <laughs> Yeah, that's a, exactly, you know, one of the things that we always, you know, it's a slogan is KISH, you know, keep it stupidly simple throughout advertising. As long as you can explain it to your grand, and as long as you can explain it in one sentence kind of thing, you know, you know, need yeah. a nice, simple way, then you've got it. You've got it right. Like you said, a lot of it in the past, people talking about mortgages, it goes over your head. You're an intelligent person. So it should be something that you should be able to you should be able to grasp but you're to, because if it's an area that you don't know and anybody listening to this it's exactly what jake has said just keep it try and make it as simple as possible and make it relatable and i think that's what we try and do with the content for people that we work with with social for brokers is using nice imagery that shows people happy in their houses so it's a relatable image and don't use jargon um just very just try and keep it as simple as possible that everybody can understand i think if you this and it always sounds a little bit ridiculous but if you could explain a mortgage to your five-year-old niece nephew son daughter cousin if you can Mm. explain it to them you've done it perfect okay great yeah that's exactly where we need to be you know we need to be simple we need to be understanding yeah you know because you know, if if one of the stepping stones, if one of the bits of friction is making somebody understand it, well, that's quite a lot of friction that you're kind of putting up for that person. You yeah. need it to be smooth. You need people to be in your door. You need people to be phoning you up. But I don't want to be on the phone spending half an hour having you explain what every term means to me. I want to know, you know, I want to be able to get to the end of it. You want to get through it, get, get started, get rolling. And then if, if you can make it simple for your consumers, they're much more likely to use you as a mortgage broker or as an estate agent than they are John Smith down the road that uses jargon. And this is exactly why I'm excited to work with Jake, because he takes these concepts and just says, right, this is what we need to do. How about we try this? And if you do work with us, guys, you'll see this more and more so um, over the next few months. So I'm really excited. Right. To finish off, then. Do you have any book recommendations or websites for anybody that um, that is listening to the podcast? Um, yeah, so I think an amazing book. It's called it's called Nudge. Um, it's by Richard H. Uh, Thaler, um, and it's basically a kind of about human economics. It sounds a little bit tedious, but it's kind of it says improving decisions about health, wealth, and happiness. It's about understanding how to deceive things and how to kind of promote things. And it it reflects onto this choice architecture. So choice architecture was a beautiful example of what Nike did, where you have the choice of either taking the escalators or taking the steps. 
with Nike's advertising, by putting the steps on, by putting those footprints on the floor, it persuades you to take the steps. It then rewards you by say, like with a lovely little bit of copy, it's the brand and you have that emotional connection with the brand to say, oh, I'm part of this brand. They're a brand mm-hmm. who support healthy lifestyle and things like that. And it's, you know, this, this choice architecture that they've done amazingly. So that nudge, it's a brilliant book. It's a really, really cool, um, clever book to get into. Then I'll talk about a really different type of book. So it's about the world of kind of, it's from a, a gentleman called Mark Denton, um, a really wonderful guy, uh, one of the best advertisers in the game. Um, is a very, he's a very approachable guy as well, may I say, which is absolutely ludicrous. You know, dropped him a message on LinkedIn the once, and he replied to me and I was like, right, okay. And then ever <laughs> since I've just been chatting to him and I know it sounds silly and maybe I'm being a little bit of like a, a fanboy or whatnot, but it, it is, he is an incredibly amazing guy, but he posted his book and he just takes risks and he just does things. He just had an idea and he just creates it. Okay. And he just, so for instance, he, um, he started making, um, so he got his, he set up this company, a production company, and a, they started doing um, business cards. And he made, they're just really cool, creative and fun um, business cards that just reflect of people's um, heritages. And so he, he did this one where they, they painted his wife and like they painted her skin and stuff and they took all these quirky uh painting the pictures of her that was her business card they then became an art gallery based on his business cards and then he sold and then his um he there was this program and paloma faith was on and they saw his artwork in paloma faith's bedroom and it all sounds a little bit silly but the about what he talks about in this book which is called power of purity it's just about doing things it's just taking the risk and just saying you know kind of when i said about tiktok don't say i don't know enough about it i'm not going to do it say let's just do it let's just be mm. silly let's give it a go just go for it you know just try things and that's the idea behind that book just try things see if they work if they don't don't worry yeah exactly and um and then finally uh incredible guy um simon sinek um i read his start with why you know if you just if you just listen to his ted talks he's an amazing person he's just so inspirational everything he says it just makes sense but the book i'm currently reading is the infinite game mm-hmm. and that is basically about kind of changing your perspectives or or, or understanding the perspectives of being somebody who focuses is purely just on themselves in comparison to somebody who focuses on offering a platform, offers longevity of their of their business to create something a lot bigger. You know, I think as a as a business owner or as a director or, or just anybody as a worker, you know, if you're in the game purely to make money, then ultimately it's not going to do too well. Mm-hmm. You should be somebody who is a steward for having things bigger than yourself, for offering something that you know can grow bigger than yourself and can help improve and help emotionally make somebody well smile and improve their life at the end of the day and this book the infinite game it really does reflect on that and it's it's really really interesting read 
Okay, well, well the there you go. There's three books, say. guys, to start your. Uh, if you've got New Year's <clears> resolutions <throat> to read some books this year, get get hold of them three or one of those. They sound they sound decent. I'm going to le- read that Simon Sinek book actually. Have a read of that Definitely. one. Definitely. So then. To finish off the podcast, I asked you before um, the podcast, every guest that I have on, I donate £10 to a charity of their choice. And what is the charity you want me to make the donation to, Jake? Um, I'd say the um, RDA. So it's the Riding for the Disability Association. So um, okay, we have one here in Cheltenham where I I started volunteering at. Um, and they are... So essentially, so we have um, a variety of ages um from you know five-year-olds up to a lady who's 98 and they they come in they have various different disabilities and it costs them a pound a year for their membership but naturally horses and upkeep and stuff isn't the cheapest mm-hmm. and they <clears throat> it's just one of those ones where you can really see a tangible difference that it makes on these on these people's lives i'd be there in the afternoons and you know people who wouldn't couldn't walk genuinely could not walk they would get on the horse and they'd be in sync kids who would come in they would just kind of be you know say in their own world in terms they'd get on the horse smiles laughing looking around changes everything for them just the the way that they become in sync with the horses is just something it's something that you need to see it to believe it kind of thing it is absolutely incredible and you know they work so hard and it's so they deserve it great yeah i'll make the donation to them then mate that sounds like a very worthy cause very worthy cause thank you also mate well it's been a pleasure chatting to you and i hope uh, everybody listening is um gets used to jake especially people that work with us now you'll be hearing a lot more from jake (laughs) coming up with some ideas and i hope you've got something from this as well I'll put all his social handles in the the notes as well, so you can get in touch with him. But you'll see me mentioning him on social for brokers, Instagram and Facebook and and LinkedIn. So thanks very much for coming on today, mate. And um, we'll catch up soon. Yeah, look after yourself. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. So thank you very much for listening. If you feel this podcast brought you any value at all, I'd be extremely grateful if you could leave me a review on the podcast, little five stars, and subscribe to keep you up to date with all future episodes. We can also connect on social, so you can get me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, all with the handle Social for Brokers. Look forward to hearing from you and connecting with you all.